Hi, welcome back to La Belle Vie. Today's video is a primer of sorts, and it involves the murder of former law professor, FSU law professor, Dan Markell, in what has been um, shown to be a murder for hire plot. Now, three of the participants in the murder for hire plot are currently behind bars serving time. And a fourth, particip a fourth alleged participant, Mr. Charles Adelson, um, who is the victim's, Professor Markell's former brother-in-law, he is currently in jail in Leon County, which is um, up north in Tallahassee, where the murder occurred. He's awaiting trial that is supposed to begin in October of 2023. Now for the primer, I thought it'd be helpful for some of my subscribers that maybe aren't aware of this case. And it is complicated because it is a murder for hire plot and there's a lot of different individuals involved. So I thought it a unique way of maybe kind of getting folks up to speed would be to go through the original probable cause affidavit that was secured in connection with the arrest of Sigfredo Garcia. Sigfredo Garcia is one of those three individuals I mentioned that is currently serving life imprisonment um, for Dan Markell's murder. He was also the shooter. So um, I thought it would be helpful to go through that probable cause affidavit and kind of get folks up to speed to where we are today. But before we do that, I want to insert here a graph that shows an, a good picture of all the related individuals to this murder for hire. Um, not all these individuals, again, have been charged. And of course, any of individuals that haven't been charged, as well as Mr. Adelson, who has been charged, are all presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But anyway, let's go ahead right now and turn to this graph. Okay, so here are the players. I'm going to start with the three individuals that are currently serving time um, for Professor Markell's murder. Probably the least connected of all of those three is the bottom picture here of Luis Tato Rivera. Tato is Sigfredo Garcia's childhood best friend. He was the driver of the Prius that we'll learn about when we go through the probable cause affidavit. He was also the leader of the Latin Kings gang in the Miami area. On October 4th, 2016, he pled no contest to the murder in exchange for his testimony at the subsequent trials. Okay. Second individual here in the middle, we've got Sigfredo, Sigfredo Tuto Garcia. He, as I mentioned, is the shooter and that's the probable cause affidavit we're going to be going through. He was convicted of first-degree murder in October of 2019 and is currently serving a life sentence. He is also, for no better term than the baby daddy, of the third individual currently serving time, who is the individual to the right, Catherine Katie Magbanua. So she's what they, the prosecution described as the middle woman. She's the connector. She's the one that's going to connect the Adelson family to the two hitmen, um, her baby daddy, Sigfredo Garcia, and his best friend, Luis Tato Rivera. So she, as I mentioned, was a longtime girlfriend of Sigf Sigfredo Garcia. They have two children together. She was, though, at the time of the murder in July of 2014, at that time, she was dating Charlie Adelson. 
And so she is, again, the connection between the trigger men, Sigfredo and Lois, and the Adelson family, including Charlie, who is alleged to have commissioned the murder of Dan Markell. So Charlie is the one that's the, the maestro, the kind of the, the individual that apparently set this whole thing up. Now, the in, other individuals, and of course, to the left of the screen, you have uh, the victim, um, Dan Markell, Professor Markell. Above that, you have Wendy Adelson. Wendy Adelson is Professor Markell's ex-wife. At the time of the murder, they had been divorced almost a year, and they, they have two young children at the time of the murder. Um, they still have the children. It's just at the time of the murder, they were very young. They were like two and three years old. The um, person, the woman to the right of Wendy is Donna Adelson. That is Wendy's mother, Charlie's mother. And then of course you see Charlie. And then next to Charlie is Harvey Adelson and Harvey Adelson is um, Donna's husband and the father of Charlie and Wendy. Okay, so there are the players. Okay, so now that we have the players, let's go ahead and go over the probable cause affidavit. So I'm gonna share my screen. Okay, so here we go, probable cause for Sigfredo Garcia. So this affidavit sets forth probable cause to believe that Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera murdered Florida State University Law School Professor Danielle Markell in violation of Florida statute. On Friday, July 18th, 2014 at 11.02 a.m., a report of a shooting was received at the home of FSU Law School Professor Daniel Markell. Now we know from some of the trials that have already took, taken place that the person that reported the shooting was uh, Mr. Markell's next door neighbor. Upon arrival, Tallahassee Police Department officers found Markell slumped over in the driver's seat of his vehicle from an apparent gunshot wound to the head. Markell was transferred from the scene to a local hospital where he later died from the injuries sustained during the shooting. The investigation of the crime scene found no indication that this incident was part of any other criminal intent, such as burglary or robbery. At the time of the shooting, Markell was talking to an individual on a cellular telephone. We also know now from trial testimony that this was a teacher at a school that uh, Wendy, Professor Markell's ex-wife was wanting to send their oldest child who was going to be starting, I believe, kindergarten. Um, that was the school she wanted to um, the child to go to. And Professor Markell was on the phone with a teacher from that school learning more about the school. So that person stated Markell interrupted their conversation saying someone he did not recognize was in his driveway. The person on the telephone with Markell then heard what sounded like a loud grunt. He heard a muffled conversation in the background, but could not make out the words being spoken. He then heard labored breathing, but could not get Markel to respond. Initial investigation of the scene revealed that a neighbor heard what he believed to be a gunshot and looked out the window where a small silver or light colored vehicle resembling, resembling a Prius was observed backing out of the victim's driveway. And again, that's his neighbor. And it's really important that he saw the Prius because as we go through the probable cause affidavit, you'll see that that really helped them narrow down this investigation to try to find the two hitmen. So motive for murder. 
Investigators obtained information from sources that Markel had gone through a bitter divorce with Wendy Adelson, who was also a professor at the FSU Law School. Wendy filed for divorce on Monday, September 10th, 2012. Markel reportedly returned home from a business trip, believe he was in New York, to find his family gone, a majority of the contents of the house missing, and the paperwork for dissolution of marriage displayed on his bed. So cruel. He eventually learned Wendy and their two children had moved to her parents' home in Coral Springs, Broward County, Florida. Now here again, as I mentioned, this at the time this was drafted was a probable cause affidavit of what the police thought the evidence was at the time. That has since been not true. She, she actually didn't take them to her parents' home, but she did take them to a home that she had rented. And um, for at least the immediate amount of time when Professor Markell returned home, she wasn't telling him right away where the kids were. So, but it, it turned out they were still in the same town. They were still in Tallahassee. It was just, they had rented a home. Reportedly, Markell protested and Wendy returned to Leon County with the children until legal arguments could be heard. On June 20, 2013, Leon County Circuit Judge Hobbs formally denied with prejudice. So that means she can't bring the motion again. Wendy's motion for relocation with the children. So basically, she and her mother, for sure, but all, all of them, father and Charlie, wanted Wendy in South Florida where they lived. They did not want her in Tallahassee once they got a divorce. Um, court documents show the div divorce was resolved without trial by marital se settlement agreement and granted by Judge Hobbs, Judge Hobbs on July 31st, 2013. Email evidence indicates Wendy's parents, especially her mother, wanted Wendy to coerce Markel into allowing the relocation to South Florida. And I believe where they got all these emails was when um, at, the, at the day of the murder, um, Wendy was interviewed and um, by the police and she agreed to provide her cell phone data. And then she also, I believe, provided her laptop data. Um, Additionally, Wendy's brother, Charles, Charlie Adelson, again, the individual that's right now in jail awaiting trial for this murder, reportedly did not like Markell and did not get along with him. On February 14th, 2014, Valentine's Day, Markell, find, Markell filed a counter motion to enforce the settlement agreement's financial provision and, and he filed a motion for sanctions. Markel claimed Wendy and her attorney had not been forthcoming in the settlement agreement regarding her financial assets. On March 26, 2014, Markel filed a counter motion for enforcement of the settlement agreement on parenting issues and motion for contempt and sanctions. One of the points of contention in this motion was Wendy's mother, Donna, and her reported negative interaction with the children. Markel claimed Donna made disparaging remarks about him to his sons. Markel sought relief in this motion by asking the court to prohibit Donna from having unsupervised time with her grandchildren and to impose limitations to prevent the children from being subjected to disparaging comments about their father. These motions were scheduled for a court hearing on May 15, 2014. However, Due to substitutions of counsel, the hearing was continued. A new court hearing date had not been scheduled prior to Markel's death. So that got rid of that problem. 
Investigators believe motive for this murder stemmed from the desperate desire of the Adelson family to relocate Wendy and the children to South Florida, along with the pending court hearing that might have impacted their access to the grandchildren. Okay. So the suspect vehicle. The investigation has revealed that Markel left his home the morning of July 18th, 2014, and drove his two young children to their daycare, daycare facility on the west side of Tallahassee, approximately five miles away, dropping them off at 8.50 a.m. And by the way, Sigfredo and Lewis were following him while this was going on. Markel then drove to Premier Health and Fitness Center Premier. At approximately 9.12 a.m., Markel arrived at Premier, where surveillance video, showing that here, shows a silver or light green Toyota Prius entering the parking lot after Markel parked his car. After Markel went into the health club, the video captured the Prius in the parking lot where the driver moved the vehicle to different parking positions while Markel was in the building working out. Markel left Premier at approximately 10.38 a.m. and drove off in his vehicle toward Thomasville Road. The video shows the Prius exiting the parking lot and following the direction of Markel's car. Additional video was discovered the day of the homicide on the Star Metro City bus camera system. This was brilliant. They were like, were able to get the buses that were in the vicinity. There's cameras on these buses, these public buses. So video was captured from two different buses, one southbound of Thomasville Road and one northbound of Thomasville Road. The bus camera system captured images of what appears to be the same Prius before and after the homicide was committed. Unfortunately, images could not provide the license plate characters of the Prius. After analyzing all the surveillance videos, investigators believe the suspect vehicle be, to be a 2006 to 2009 Toyota Prius with silver pine mica paint, which appears to be like a light green silver color. Prius appears to have tinted windows, a SunPass transponder on the top center of the windshield, a missing tow hook cover on the front bumper, and a black passenger side mirror casing. So the passenger mirror stood out because it wasn't in that silver pine mica paint. It was just in like this black. So it kind of stood out. Investigators analyzed the timestamps time from the bus camera videos when the Toyota Prius was observed, which confirmed that the Prius had the opportunity to be present at the crime scene when the murder was committed. Additional surveillance video was obtained from a bank, a county government facility, and a store along Markel's route the morning of July 18th, which also shows a similar vehicle trailing Markel's car. Investigators believe the suspects in the Prius followed the victim throughout the morning and back to his residence, where the victim was shot in the head as he sat in his car. Okay, investigation. After the homicide was reported in the press, a resident of the Ashford Club Apartments on Thomasville Road reported seeing two men park a bluish-silver Prius-type car in the southeast corner of the complex's parking lot around mid-morning on one of the weekdays immediately before the July 18th murder. The men got out of the vehicle and walked down a path, a park path up behind the apartment complex that parallels a large storm drainage ditch. This ditch is at the fenced rear property line of Markel's home on Trescott Drive. The resident described the driver as a white male, tall and slender with a runner's build, fair complexion, wearing a light covered, light colored ball cap. The passenger was described as a shorter man with a stocky build and dark hair with a darker complexion resembling Italian or Spanish descent. 
When the two men returned to the car about 10 minutes later, the passenger was carrying an unknown black object in one hand. He was completely wet as if he fell in the drainage ditch. The driver's pants appeared wet up to the knees. Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera are similar to the physical descriptions given by the Ashford Club Apartments resident. Garcia is taller and slender and Rivera is shorter and stockier with a darker complexion. As set forth below, evidence establishes that they were in Tallahassee on the day of the murder and that they had rented a silver pine Mica Toyota Prius for this trip from South Florida. Both Garcia and Rivera are also convicted felons in Florida. So the connection to Garcia. Investigators developed information that around the time of the murder, Charlie, Wendy's brother, was involved in a personal relationship with Katie Magbanua, whose cellular telephone is this. Call records show that Magbanua is, is one of Charlie's top contacts. Online public database research revealed that this number was used by Katie. Further investigation also revealed that Sigfredo Garcia, the shooter, is the father of McBanua's two minor children, both with last name Garcia. McBanua is also listed as a vice president of S. Garcia Solutions, where Garcia is also listed as the president in Florida corporate records. Okay, cellular telephone link information linking Garcia and Rivers to, Rivera to the murder. So cellular telephone analysis conducted during this investigation has revealed that on July 18th, 2014, at approximately 9.36 a.m., the day of the homicide, cellular telephone number, this was in the vicinity of Premier, Dan Markell's gym, where the victim was last seen alive. Investigation of that same phone number revealed that it was being used by Garcia prior to the murder and had been in contact with Katie's telephone number approximately 2,700 times between May 1, 2014 and July 19, 2014. I'd say that's a pretty good connection. When Garcia's cellular phone ceased activity the day after the homicide. So I guess it was a burner phone. Cellular telephone analysis revealed phone number, this one, which is one of Garcia's frequent contacts, was also in the vicinity of Premier on the morning of the homicide. It was also in the vicinity of Markel's residence twice the day before on July 17th. Investigation shows this number was being used by Luis Rivera during the time leading up to Markel's murder. Information obtained from the cellular service provider for Rivera is consistent with Rivera's handset traveling from North Miami to Tallahassee at a time consistent with having committed the murder and then immediately heading back to North Miami after the homicide. Finally, information obtained from the cellular service provider for Rivera's phone and Garcia's phone revealed that the two traveled from North Miami, Florida on the afternoon of July 16th and arrived in Tallahassee just after midnight on July 17th. And then a receipt from a motel in Tallahassee shows that Rivera checked in at approximately 1 a.m. on July 17th, which is also consistent with cellular data. Both Garcia and Rivera's phones were in the victim of the victim that were in the area of the victim's residence during the day before the murder. Prius, linked to Rivera and Garcia. Based on the video images of the suspect car with a SunPass transponder mounted on the windshield and cell site data for the locations of phones used by Garcia and Rivera, a subpoena was issued to the Florida Department of Transportation for SunPass toll records on Alligator Alley on July 16th and 18th, 2000, I should say 2014. Um, if folks don't know, Alligator Alley is basically a highway that runs across the state. So basically connects 
the southern um, western part of Florida to the southern eastern part of Florida. And so if they were driving north to Tallahassee, they would have gone from east, southeast Florida, across Alligator Alley, and then up north to Tallahassee. So they got the transponder activity, and on July 16th, 2014, at 2.18, the transponder registered at the Toll Plaza in Broward County, which is basically Fort Lauderdale area, west going westbound on I-75, so going towards the west coast, and then on July 18th, 2014, at 5.23 p.m., so this is the day of the murder, at 5.23 p.m., the transponder registered at the eastbound toll facility in Collier County near Naples. Um... Florida Department of Transportation shows the subscriber for the SunPass Transponder is a rental car company in North Miami, Florida. This rental car company was contacted by law enforcement and provided several rental contracts around the time of the homicide. I'm inserting the contract here. These included one for a green 2008 Toyota Prius rented from July 15th to 21, 2014 by Luis Rivera with a contact number, his phone, and a second phone number you can see here was also written on the rental contract and the word brother was written besides the number. And that was Garcia's phone. Tallahassee witness. So a witness whose identity, whose identity is known to law enforcement previously met Garcia and Rivera in Tallahassee a month or more before the homicide. So what we now know is that in early June, um, 2014, Garcia and Rivera actually traveled north to Tally to scope out, you know, the Markel residence. And actually, according to Luis Rivera, they were going to actually do the hit on that visit, but they changed their mind and went back to South Florida before returning on July 16th, as we've just now seen. But in any event, in this earlier trip, um, they met this Witness. Witness's cell phone was contacted by Rivera's cell phone on the afternoon of July 17th, again, the day before the murder. The witness was asked and agreed to rent a motel room in the witness's name for Garcia and Rivera for that night, the night before the murder. This is consistent with cell location data and a receipt obtained from the motel showing a room registered in the witness's name. The witness was able to positively identify both Garcia and Rivera individually in two separate photographic lineups. The witness recalled Rivera having in his possession a silver finished short barrel revolver handgun the first time he met Garcia and Rivera, possibly in June 2014, at the motel at that motel. Recovered evidence from the crime scene indicates the caliber of firearm used in this murder is consistent with revolver ammunition and no spent casing was found at the scene. This investigation did not reveal any other legitimate purpose for either suspect to be in Tallahassee at the time of the murder. Okay, so cell data for July 18th. On the morning of July 18th, the day of the murder, both Garcia and Rivera's cell phones were in the area of Premier, the gym, during the time when the victim was inside working out and surveillance video also shows the Toyota Prius in the parking lot. Garcia's telephone ceased activity just before 10 a.m. while in the area of Premier with the last text message occurring at 9.58 a.m. The next event on Garcia's phone was text messages and or notifications being received at 12.29 p.m., consistent with the handset being powered up. So basically, they turn their phones off at 10 and then turn them back on around 12.30 when they've already gotten like an hour and a half or so away from the murder scene. So they're, they're heading back south, and he, Garcia turns on his phone. He placed a call to Katie McBanois, 
which was the first contact initiated by Garcia after the homicide. This call occurred when Garcia's phone was in the area of Lake City, Florida, on or near I-75, approximately one and a half hours after the shooting was reported. Investigators believe Garcia and Rivera turned their phones off before 10 a.m., committed the murder of Professor Markell at his home on Trescott Drive, and then fled back to North Miami, Florida, VI-10 and I-75. Okay, Rivera ATM transaction. Analysis of Rivera's checking account revealed an ATM transaction took place on July 18th at 6.46 p.m. as they were returning to North Miami from Tallahassee. Security video, which I'm going to insert here, from the drive through ATM lane shows Rivera driving a Toyota Prius up to the ATM at 6.45 p.m. The Prius appears to have tinted windows, a SunPass transponder on the top center of the windshield, a missing tow hook cover, and a black passenger side mirror casing matching the characteristics of the Prius seen on video from the northbound bus cameras in Tallahassee. Amazing detective work, I think. Viewing the bank video, Rivera is seen completing the ATM transaction. When he leans forward, Garcia can be seen sitting in the front passenger seat of the Prius. As the Toyota Prius exits the ATM area at 647, a Florida license plate can be seen on the rear of the car. The tag characters appear to match those of the car rental contract. Cellular site data is consistent with this stop at the ATM location prior to Garcia and Rivera arriving back in North Miami. There is no previous contact found between Markel and these two defendants. Therefore, it is the affiant's belief Garcia and Rivera were enlisted to commit this egregious act against someone they did not know and had never interacted with before the murder. Finally, on May 24th, 2016, investigator con investigators conduct an interview with Garcia. During the interview, Garcia denied ever being in Tallahassee. He stated that he had never made any trips with Rivera and he denied any knowledge of the homicide. And so there we go, probable cause sufficient. So the question remains, will any other individuals be charged in this murder for hire plot? including any of the Adelson family. We'll just have to wait and see. But in the meantime, I'm planning some videos on the different members of the Adelson family and information that we do have on those individuals based on the testimony from an evidence submitted in the two trials we've already had on this case. I'm also planning a video taking a deeper dive into the Adelson's financial situation, including their complicated real estate dealings. So look forward to stay tuned for that one. But in the meantime, if you would consider liking and subscribing, I'm really trying to grow this channel and that really does help with the algorithm. And I hope to see you in my next video. Bye.